Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, hey, guys, what's going on? It is Jason. And just the other day, I was thinking, man, summer is going to be a long time. And now I'm like, woo, we're almost halfway through. Yeah, pretty soon these hoodlums can go back to school. Legit. (laughs) They need to go back to school. We love our kids. It's just absence makes the heart grow fonder. (laughs) And we are okay with creating a little absence. (laughs) Yes, we are okay with it. No, our kids are fine. I think they they need the routine, too. It's just better for them. Every day, like, what are we doing? And I'm like, I'm not here to entertain you. What are you doing? I know. I feel like Pinky in the Brain. Same thing we do every day, Brain. I know. Or Pinky, whoever. Like, you're going to watch Bluey and you're going to drive me crazy. And then we're <laughs> going to yell at you for being too loud as watching Bluey. So that's what we're going to be doing today. Or I'm like, well, I don't know. Why don't you clean something? Offer to do the dishes. Learn I, some laundry. I mean, I mean, what? Come on. Let's let's not get crazy. Come on. Hey. I can dream. Dream big. Yeah. But we're, we're going go to gonna get to spend next week at church camp. So we won't be having a new episode next week. Yeah. And I'll post something on all the social media so you... All of you can stay informed in case anybody cares. I mean, you might not care, but we still like to do things official around here because that's what we do. We're professionals. We follow through. Those of you insiders that, you know, always listen to us when we come come out the day of, you're going to know first. That's right. You. You are our favorites. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right, well, let's talk about some news then. And actually, the first one I have is like quickly leaving Kickstarter. So it just made it in under the mark. And my first game is called Cake Off, A-U-F. And um, what I found interesting is the person who designed this is a trilingual linguistics PhD candidate. Wow, that's a lot of stuff that I uh, (laughs) will never do. That's true. Um, But Cake Off, it's just a simple card game where you are getting recipes and you're collecting ingredients for your recipes for desserts and the desserts are from all over the world which i think is really cool and they even say where the recipe originates so like churros and strawberry shortcakes and um send all and all kinds of things which i think is really cool which make you know shows why this trilingual trilingual linguistics candidate kind of her influence um but then it kind of works like Uh, An episode of Cutthroat Kitchen that Jason likes, um, where... I don't just like it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So you're getting your your recipes and you're collecting your ingredients, you know, cinnamon, flour, eggs, whatever. Whatever you need to make it and then you have to like bake it. You, You have equipment that you need, but then you can sabotage people you're playing against you can pull a fire alarm so that somebody can't use like an oven to make their thing if it needs to be baked you can pull the old switcheroo and take their recipe um you can also do this thing called guess the card and if you guess like a specific card that they have then you get to take it but if you're wrong they can take one from you you can freezer burn someone's like refrigerated item which is so terrible because it's like already finished and like you put freezer burn on their chocolate pudding. Yeah, that's kind of jerky. Yeah, but there's tons of these little action cards, um, 23 different recipes, 58 ingredient cards, 20 action cards. Um, the cards are UV coated, so they're protected from dirt, scratches, and moisture should you want to play this while you're baking or cooking. 
I don't. I mean, maybe you like to multitask, but that seems silly. But yeah, sure. I don't know. But it just looks like a cute little fun game, especially if you like cooking or baking. If it's a little take that, but I feel like in a very lighthearted manner, like oh, I'm gonna freeze a burning trifle or whatever. I think that that's kind of a fun thing. Um, so there's only two days left if you're interested, and it's only twenty bucks. So that's pretty cheap. They also, I think, have a print and play version, which is even cheaper. But the art is really cute on this, I think. I like even the fonts they used. I thought it was it was really, really cute. How much is shipping, or is it included? Uh, I don't know. Or do you, do you know? The print and play is only $10. The, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't say where I'm looking at. All right. All right. That's just a hot subject, so I figured I'd bring it up. I don't know. You could always print and pray for $10. But it's pretty lightweight. So that's Cake Off, AUF, two days left, $20 or $10 for print and play. My next game is a game that I admittedly will probably never play because it's a dexterity game. But it has kind of a cool theme. You put a dexterity game on here? I did because I am here for the people. Yeah, you, you take one for the team, apparently. <laughs> it's not about what Katie wants. It's about what people want. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> Um, and this game is called Ice Flows and Foes. Um, and this is a game that re- it's a really super light family way game, but it is, uh, I don't know, it's, I would say it's dexterity. So you have like this circle, the, your playing area, and you've got all these little ice flows on them. And you've also got whales and seals that are hanging out with the ice flows, which is all great, except there are also. Um, fishing boats and hunters on ice flows near the whales and the seals. So what you're trying to do on your turn is you take, I think you get three pieces of like ice flow and you get to push them into the game board and you're trying to put them in there strate- and they're all like kind of uneven shaped like ice flows. You're trying to push them in so you can push off the board hunters and um, fisher fishing boats and not push off your whales and your seals Hmm. now that i mean legitimately that's pretty much it but i mean there is some like okay where am i going to put this how can i push it like adjacent off how can i because if you push off one of the animal the animals it like ends your turn early and you get more points the more fishing boats and um hunters you get off so this is definitely like a kids game um really light lets all the family get together and play so with that in mind it's like 23 bucks for the standard game. However, in the standard, everything is cardboard. So I would really go for the deluxe version, which is $58. But you've got like all the cool components. They're not cardboard. It's almost like this, like a clear um, plastic, like ice looking ice flows. I mean, that's cool. And then you've got your... Um, meeple like hunters and and boats and your seals and your whales well okay so the ice flows are acrylic the fishing boats are acrylic there's acrylic whales there's wood hunters and wood seals now that is cool so that's the other thing is the whales are like also acrylic so they're like laying kind of with amongst the ice flows and the fishing boats are also acrylic so they're amongst the ice flows then you've got the seals and the hunters that are wood on top of them so i just think that 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 kind of adds that level of complexity and it just looks really cool so if i were you i'd spring for the 58 dollar pledge 
But if you're cheapo like Jason, and this sounds interesting, Ice Flows and Foes, 12 days, $23. Yeah, you're you're picking some prod projects that are in my budget. I kind of like that. I like that. Not that I'm going to back them, but I do like the price. <laughs> right. Not that you'll back them. Now, this next game is out of your budget, but you would want to back it. Which is that figures? Which yeah, yeah which is right. like the worst choice, but it looks so good. And this game is called Distilled. It's by Paverson Games. I'm sh- they. This is their first created, I guess, which is oh, cool. Nice. So in this, you are taking over your Scottish uncle's distillery, and you want to make it a world class distillery like it is. You want to live up to the hype. Um, and so it's really cool. Like you get like there's 18 different distillery identity cards. And so they each have some an asymmetrical player power, but how they go about distilling, which I think is super cool. Then you get this really cool distillery board that's got all the different areas you need. And so in this, you are going through the market and getting your ingredient cards, your recipes, um, all the stuff you'll need to make a recipe up for some type of whiskey. And there's different blends and stuff obviously with the recipe cards um and then you it goes through like the fermentation process so you have to add alcohol to them as it sits there then you it's it's thematic in that you flip all the cards over then that make up this whiskey and you're going to shuffle them then you're going to pull out the top and the bottom which represents like the first bad ingredients and the dregs because you don't want to keep those and you pull them out and they go back onto your board so then it's like a push or a luck because you don't know what you've pulled out. And if you didn't have like enough of a certain ingredient or you were like, oh, I can only get one of these, it, you might lose it. And then instead of making the whiskey you want, you made some kind of crazy moonshine concoction that's like illegal. <laughs> it's not going to sell. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, which I think is really cool. So then after that, you compare it, you get the recipe, you have to age it in, in barrels. And depending on how long you leave it in the aging process, you get to add flavor cards to it. Like it's smoky or um, I don't know, smooth or cherry, whatever. Different flavor cards that go in there. And then you can sell it. And so you're sell, trying to sell it when it's like, you know, quality product. Um, there's like a whole market for that you um also are then trying you have like your own personal goals to meet for the different whiskey liquors you're distilling um you're also like trying to get these like international awards that that target different aspects it looks really cool it looks really good um and there's which hmm, i don't think this isn't this is not in there's an expansion too, but I don't think it's in the original, which totally bites. There's an African and Middle East expansion, which has more distillers and different like specific recipes for that region. But I mean, of course it's not. It is Kickstarter. I know, which really stinks, but this game looks really fun. Like, and I feel like I like a lot of games that are about alcohol, which is coincidental. But I like that there's all these different phases then like that was really key. Like you're marketing, you're prepping a recipe. Okay, you're distilling it. Okay, you're you're making this particular recipe. All right, now we're going to age it in barrels. Okay, now it's going to go to market. Now we're going to try for some awards. Um, I think that that is really cool. It elevates it and makes it a little more difficult. Um, but super thematic, this nice medium weight Euro, um, one to five players. 
I think it sounds so fun. So if you like resource management, recipe fulfillment, tableau building, mitigate your luck kind of mechanics, I would totally check out Distilled. There's 13 days left on that Kickstarter, and it's 55 bucks. Um, yeah, I mean, base. that's just barely out of the budget. I know. It sounds so good. Now, the one with the expansion is 85 and I'm like, dang it, because that's way out. But Yeah, of course. And so that's probably the full game. So in order to get the full game, you need to pay $85. That's probably how that works. Well, and the thing is, like, they're like, oh, a traditional, like, scotch single malt whiskey is, like, the original signature blend. So then... They have all these different types of um, other distillers from different areas, which I think is really cool. So then they bring their own specific kind of special um, whiskey with them when you choose them. Hmm, that's cool. Yeah, I, it looks super cool. Variable player powers gets me every time. Um, like you can make Baijo. That stuff will kill you, man, if you don't know what you're doing. Um, yeah, all kind like you get these little spirit label tokens that go out on your board that show like what you have and what you make. It looks so good. So, distilled, pavers and games, 13 days, $55. I really want that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds good. It definitely seems like a better game than that homebrewers game. Yes, that was so disappointing. And every every time I think about it, I get a little enraged because I'm like, really, this? This is what the best <laughs> you could do? We do have a game coming about Moonshine. So I know, but this is like that's the like the that's like my illegitimate like the, Ken- the Kentucky people redneck no my West Virginian relatives <laughs> oh yeah West Virginia who live yeah. on trailers in the side of a mountain I know hi Ambula um, she's not gonna listen to this are you kidding me um, they're not <laughs> that you know that'd be hilarious if she listened to every episode she, no she never would um, and I, I meanwhile I don't think Ambula's making moonshine but still. Uh, uh, that's that side of this. This is like distilled. This is like the nice upscale relatives. The classy people. Yeah, my classy family. Maybe like my Irish relatives that live in County Cork. They might be making some some quality spirits, some Jameson. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fun. But that is the Kickstarters that I have for this week. All right, let's talk about some games. So we did get a chance to play some games. I talked we about some games. Have, well, games that we play. Oh, you made it yes, sound like we weren't talk talking about games. about games before this. No, this is my favorite part. So this is, you know, that other stuff is just what we have to do to get to the fun stuff. So Gee, we played some games. And we played so many games that we could only pick three. So we picked three, and we're going to talk about them now. And the first game that we played is... Uh, I don't even know how to say it. A dice rolling contract fulfillment game, I guess. Dungeon crawler. Diablo the board game, I guess. And it is called Sanctum. So what you're doing in this game is you're taking on the role of an adventurer of some type. There's a whole bunch of different types. I had some guy that looked like he had a feather in his hat. Um, And what you're doing is you're moving through this pathway. You're trying to meet these monsters to defeat the monsters to collect different types of gear, which are going to give you different shields additional attack value um that may let you manipulate some dice because what you're you're ultimately doing is when you could get monsters on your board you're going to be rolling dice and you're trying to get your dice faces to match the faces on the monsters that it takes to defeat them so you're trying to get as much manipulation of the dice that you can get you're trying to get shields because if you can't assign dice to certain monsters they're going to hit you and if you take you know for every 
die that you can't place. Each monster is going to have a different value of hits that it's going to take. So you got to use a shield to block all that. And ultimately, once you do all that, you're going to get to the big bad. And you're going to use all these, these loot cards, these different pieces of gear that you've collected throughout the game, different spells, different abilities to fight this big bad. And it's going to come down. There's going to be like 400 cards that are going to be dealt out into the front of you. And you have to do as much as you can to either defeat the monsters or uh, you're going to die. And if multiple people defeat the the main bad, it's whoever has the most health. And then if there's a tie, I don't remember what the tiebreaker is. But if you die, if everybody dies, it's whoever gets the farthest in those cards. So that's a quick and dirty rundown. So what did you think about this game, Sanctum? Um, At first, I really liked it. So my character was the dancer because I actually remember... Um, what what characters are called? I think I was the outlaw. You were. Um, and so I, I thought this was really cool because you're like equipping your person with cards, which I think is fun. And I liked, you know, going in, uh, defeating these monsters. I thought that was a good time. Um, like that you could kind of personalize your character a little bit to what worked for them because you really have like two types of like resources that you're spending to either attack or defend. And I thought that was really neat. Uh, Where this game really fell kind of flat was at that final stage where you get these five monsters dealt to you. And then in between each monster, there's like the monster's wrath or whatever. So basically another card that does terrible things that you also have to defeat. So it's like 10 things that you have to defeat. Um, And you can't refresh anything and you just, it just basically just pummels you for what I feel like is no reason. And um, it's like a, it's like a last one standing kind of thing. And I don't, I don't love that as far as a win condition. I would prefer it if like how well you developed your character led you to a certain amount of points or however many monsters you did defeat, you got points for those too. I just feel like for me personally, I wanted to turn it into more of a Euro game and make it something where you're collecting points for different things and then totally them as opposed to, well, uh, you've done all this work, but good luck at this last round because it's just basically just going to brutalize you. So as long as you're super lucky and uh, get some good card turns or whatever, uh, then you'll be fine. So that's what I didn't like about it. I I would love to change it around. But um, overall, not a bad game. It's maybe not my type. I I liked the game up until the ending. I thought everything up to the ending was amazing. Fighting the monsters, rolling the dice, using um, special powers to manipulate the dice, using your rage to flip a die to whatever you want. To then get the loot, to use the gems that you've been unlocking to pay for all that. That was all super fun and great. But then at the ending, yeah, I I didn't enjoy the ending. But it's 75% of a good game. And then the other 25, which is the most important part, because that's how you win, I didn't love. But, you know, I didn't hate it. I just wanted to like it more than I did, I think. Yes, like I just think it's not, it's not really my type of game by the end like over like the beginning yes fun so if somebody wanted to play it i'd say sure you know there are enjoyable parts to it um it's just again like i i don't prefer that kind of last person standing the way the ending worked out um i would have rather we did it differently because you you, you're kind of doing cooperative cooperatively i guess as you move on sort of because like all the monsters come out in a pool and you all kind of pick off different pairs to fight like why couldn't we like come you know with our powers combined at the end or something i don't know yeah 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 but it was i agree it was fine 
All right, so moving on from that, we played a game that we'll have a video up for in September, and we'll be hitting Kickstarter in September. And this game is called Quest and Cannons, The Risen Islands. Uh, this game's from a company called Short Hop Games. I'm not sure of the other games that they've done. I can't look it up because BGG is janked up right now. Um, but what this game is, is, this is a pick up and deliver like exploration game. Everyone's taking on the role of a different faction. You can play it in teams if you want to, but we did free for all. And you're taking on a different a role and you're going to have a couple special abilities. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to move your boat across these different hexes to explore islands. Each of the islands is going to have one of five types of goods. Um, when you get to the island, you can pick up the good if you want to. If you have a card, you can deliver some of the goods to that space, score some points. Um, if you end on a space where another person is, you can spend an action to try to hit them to score some points. Um, yeah, so you're picking up goods. You're turning the goods into points, and it's a race to get to either 15, 20, or 25 prosperity points, however long you want to play the game. Um, there's different layouts of different player counts. If you're playing it with teams, if you're playing it with two, three, four, or five players, you're go- the map's going to look different. Um, so, you know, there's some variability there. Um, so what did you think of Questing Cannons, The Risen Islands? Um, I thought it really had some cool components. Uh, I love the different characters, the boats that you use that you slide the player boards that belong to player boards you can slide in your character and easily see like its powers special powers that it has um the artwork is cool i just wanted it to be more than it was i think um part of it is number one it's the kind of win condition that i don't like it's a race to a certain number of points. I cannot stand that. That just annoys me. However, there are different ways to get points. There's like these clue map clues that you can get points from. Um, there's fulfilling the contracts, which are the main way to get points. Um, I guess that's probably it. Loot cards that might... I don't think they give you points. They just give you special stuff. There's interesting variety in it. Um, I just think you need to be able to move around easier. It... So I think because of the only the three action points that you get, it can overstay its welcome for what it is. But it has it does have a lot of good things going for it. I think maybe I need to play it at a bigger player count to get a more well-rounded feel for it. Um, but at first play, it, it wasn't bad. I would like to actually play more of it. Yeah, I, I like the pick up and deliver part. The fighting in a two-player game never really even has to happen. Um, we tried it just because I wanted to see how it works, but my favorite part of it is the player board. I think the player board is excellent. Yeah. I like how everything fits in there. All the pieces flip over when you've exhausted them so you can keep track of what you're doing. That is fantastic. And I know that what we have is a prototype, but if that player board is going to be anything like that, that's definitely amazing. So yeah, it was a fine game. Not my favorite game by any means, but I mean, if you're into pick up and deliver and exploration, it's definitely a game that you should check out. And your whole family can definitely play it because it's not hard at all. Yeah, and the components are cool. Like, I even like the little boats. Then you put your own little um, character sail down in them, and it looks like a little sailboat. And that's so cute. You know I love that stuff. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be a final component, but I hope it is because that is nice. All right, and the last game we're going to talk about is a game we've had for a while, but we played an expansion for it and kind of some new rules. And that game is called Between Two Castles. And we use the Secrets and Soirees expansion. Ooh. Yeah, so what the expansion adds, we also have a video of this on our channel. The expansion adds a couple new rooms. 
Uh, there's activity rooms, which are going to give you points in a different way. And it's going to have some secret passages, which are basically going to just mirror a, a tile that it's pointing to, to kind of like duplicate, to get you to those bonuses a little quicker. But the main thing that this game does is it gives you a bunch more um, solo. There's like three solo scenarios, a couple different alternative rules. Um, it plays the eight players. And it gives you a variant where you can build your own castle. And that's the way that we played it. So we played a two-player game of a normally three-player game. And we built our own castle. So the gameplay works similarly. You're still drafting two tiles. You're going to keep one for your castle. Then you're going to give one to your opponent. And they have to put that castle or that tile that you give them into their castle. So you may be trying to give them tiles that screw them over. You may be trying to give them tiles that are going to work with some of your scoring conditions. That type of thing. So what did you think about playing this at two players and that... Um, individual castle thing. Um, I didn't like it at two players. Uh, I thought it was too short, and you don't get the variety of the tiles. I would, I would like to play. So we played it with the individual castles, which I think was kind of cool. I like um, that difference of oh, I'm going to hand you a tile and you have to play it. I did that terribly because I just gave Jason all kinds of points for some reason because um, I didn't know what I was doing. But I, I still like that mechanism. I think it would be better with more people because you're getting to see d- different types of tiles. I didn't like that limiting factor with just the two of us. Um, I also felt like I didn't get enough. T- I couldn't get enough tiles to make anything worth my while. I needed probably about another round, I think, at two. And I don't know if the game dictates that or not. Um but I think I would house rule it to where we play three rounds of tiles instead of just two to make it a little more satisfying. But I love Castles of Mackin Ludwig. I love Between Two Castles. We just actually played the original version um, like maybe a week ago. And I was like, oh, this game is so fun. Like I like the I like the collaborative piece with partners because I feel like it helps me up my game. Like I need to be better. I need to be a better strategist. I need to be more analytical because that's one of my downfalls. I mentioned before, I like when games push me to, to do better at that. Um, but I would also like to try it then this way with more people. And so you're kind of handing tiles off to the left or you're forcing tiles to be, to go off to the right. I, I like that competitiveness as well. So I just would like it with more people, I think. Um, the new rooms are cool, of course. That's like my freaking favorite part. I'm like, ooh, a secret compartment. But my secret compartment didn't go into anywhere, so that was really sad. Um, <laughs> but the possibility was there. And yeah, there was a chance. I'm saying there's a chance. So it was it was really, it was fun. I like it. I'd like to see get more use out of it going forward for sure. Yeah, I think playing the I like the individual castle piece because the part I don't really like is the playing with your working neighbor with thing. other people. Yeah, I, I don't like that. So, I think if you had more people doing this way, you would get to see more tiles. So then playing two rounds might not seem like a bigger deal because you would get to see you know five, six, seven stacks of tiles depending on how many people are playing. So more options for rooms, more options for scoring points. And I, I don't know, it might be a little better. So I would like to play the individual one with a bunch of people to see how it goes down because it was amazing to me. I, yeah, two-player was lacking. I get that. But I think the idea, I really liked it. Yes, so, I yeah. agree. All right. So those are some of the games we played. And let's move on. So 
we want to talk about a type of game that I honestly don't think we play that much because I really struggled in looking through our collection to find auction and bidding games. And then I realized as I looked at the bigger list from BGG about what are some common auction and bidding games, I realized it's because I don't like auction and bidding games. All the ones that came up, I was like, oh, or I haven't played them because they looked, but I managed to find three. And I think Jason had an easier time of finding his three of our favorite auction and bidding games, because that's something that people really enjoy. There is that competition. um, That's a level of player interaction where you're necessarily being mean, but there's something satisfying about bidding. Around here, I don't know about where you live, but around here, if there is an estate sale or an auction going on, there are cars down the road. People come out of the woodwork to go to an auction because there's something about bidding, outbidding somebody else, like seeing something that you think is going to be like your diamond in the rough and you're going to like snag it for that good price and outbid somebody. There's something so great about that. And I think that's what auction and bidding games give to people. Um, So we're going to talk about six of those tonight. So babe, give us your first one. All right. So yeah, I I like a lot more than Katie does. Um, And I wanted to pick kind of some games with the exception of this first one that we don't talk about a ton that I don't talk about a ton. So that's kind of where I went with mine. So this first one is a game from our, our friend and actually a neighbor. He lives pretty close to where we live. Um, Not close as in like next door, but like hour, (laughs) an hour away. Uh, and Philip DeBerry, so that's PDB. our friend. And this game is called Revolution. So this game is nothing but bidding and area control. So what you're doing in this game is you're doing some blind bidding. You're using force, you're using gold, and you're using blackmail to kind of put that information on these different characters that you want to activate. The trick here is some characters only take certain things. Some characters only take others, but everybody takes gold. So you could go to anybody and give them gold, but if somebody goes there with uh, something that's higher than gold, even though you played four gold, they go there with one of the higher thing, they're going to win. So because it's blind, it kind of, you know, it's an auction, but you don't know what people are doing, so it's a blind auction. And then everybody's going to reveal, and you're going to see who won the bids and all that mess, and then you're going to put a cube down and try to control the areas. That's all it is. It's mean. It's a mean game, and it's unintentionally mean because you're not you don't know what's going on you're just using the character that you want to use and you're probably screwing somebody over in the meantime so really fun game uh just don't play with people who get mad easy because it could go downhill but my first one is revolution yeah i guess it depends on how you play it because sometimes you can play intentionally mean that's true you can't be mean on purpose that's true you can i've done it one time just because and that person took it really well (laughs) but yeah (laughs) It's yeah. it's a good game. It's fun. I think it's totally underrated also. Well, I think part of it is because it's from Steve Jackson, and they just get a bad rap. Yes, the Munchkin Overlords. Yep. Um, so my first one is kind of is a game that I've only played a couple times, but I have really enjoyed it. And that game is Coliseum. Um, Coliseum is from Tasty Minstrel Games. And in this, you're trying to put on the best circus in the Colosseum. And you're trying to get, you know, all these great spectators, the emperor and his nobles to come um, and watch your spectacle and then get the most points for what you have going on in them. And like, there's all these different titles for the different spectacles you're putting on and you're trying to get all these spectators. It's pretty cool. But the action bidding part is 
you need certain things to put on your spectacles. I mean, you're going to need scenery. You're going to need maybe some animals. Maybe you're going to need uh, some extra props here. Maybe some chariots, some, uh, I don't know, uh, cages. Boats. There's some kind of boat to it. Yeah, boats. I mean, all, all kinds of interesting things. Gladiators. I don't know. You want it to be awesome. So those items are auctioned off in like lots. And so you go through this whole bidding phase of trying to get the ones that you want. And then once you win a bid, it doesn't stop there because then on your turn, when you're going to fulfill and try and set up your whole spectacle, people can try and bargain with you. And so then there's some kind of almost auction and bidding trading going on. Say, okay, well, I, you know, I really don't need these lions. Um, but I see you have a horse. We could trade for that. Would you take, you know, this gladiator for that shrubbery, musicians, what have you? Um, I, I love that level of planar interaction. It's not super mean, but you, you know, sometimes you are, depending on what you're putting on, you're fighting for some of the same items. And I just think it's a, it's a really cool theme. And those little emperor people are hilarious looking. So all around, it's a great game. So my first pick is Coliseum. Yeah, I do like this. It's, it only is an auction game, effectively. I mean, there's some set collection too, but more than half the game is auction. And yeah, it's fun. It's good. All right, so my next game is kind of ties in with Katie's because Coliseum was originally a Days of Wonder game, and my next one is a Days of Wonder game, and it's one that a lot of people hate, but I like it quite a bit, and it's called Cargo Noir, um, and this is nothing but an auction game and some set collection, but the auction is the main mechanism, and what you're doing in this is you are taking a boat, a little boat that you have, and you're going to go to a location with some coins. You're going to take some coins and you're going to put down, if I go to a location, I might go put two coins and put my boat on top. So I'm effectively bidding two coins to get all the items in that section of the board. Then another person can go. They can go to that same spot, put their boat down with three coins. So they've effectively outbid me. So when it comes back to my turn, I have an option. I can either put more coins down under my boat or I can pick up my boat and basically give up on that auction. So the rub here is the longer that you sit on a location, just putting down coins, the less stuff you're getting. So you don't want to get in those bidding wars for multiple, multiple rounds because you're going to, you know, not get any stuff. And that's more important to get stuff than try to outbid somebody. So I like this game. It's a slow auction, like really slow, but it's enjoyable. And I know a lot of people don't like it. So if it sounds cool to you, you can find cheap copies because everybody's trying to dump this game. So my second one, Cargo Noir. I both like and dislike this game. And I think this game gets to the heart of why I don't normally like auction bidding is it has a feeling of area control when you do it this way, where you're putting stuff out there and you're um, like just trying to outhold, outlast, be the, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it does feel like that a little bit. It, similar, I mean, auction can get into that area control territory yes. a little bit, but yeah, it does feel a little bit like that. But it's not a bad game. I don't think. I don't think it gets. I don't think it deserves the hate it gets, honestly. But that's me. My next game is my favorite game. Well, it was my favorite game of 2020 or 20, 2019. Uh, you know, it was last year, so 2020. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my favorite game of 2020 <laughs> and my second favorite game of 2019, I guess, um, is Coinbra. Now, I know, I know you're rolling dice and stuff and you're getting cards and there's tracks. But what do you do with those dice? 
you bid on the cards. So everything else that you do in Coimbra is based on the bidding that you do for the cards that you want. Um, I love this game. So dice are rolled. They are various colors. The colors determine what kind of cards you can take with them. Riss? No. Yes? Yeah, it's the color of cards you can buy, and the pips is how much it will cost you. Okay, yes, I know that. Yeah. I just want to make sure that this color, because we haven't played this for a while, and that's really sad. Yeah, it's been a bit. Because I love this game. So you're using your dice to bid, then you pay the goods, either it's either money or like military might, to get these cards. And the cards can do various things. They can move you on um, around this map. They can give you income. They can work in an engine fact. Fac- like an engine what am i saying an engine they can work like an engine and then give you stuff every time yeah you i was like i don't know what you're trying to say. i don't know i like had a complete like brain aneurysm it felt like and i was like i have no word i have no idea where i where i was going um fashion it can work in an engine fashion there um so that you can like keep generating things based on the color of dice you use or the the different kinds of cards that you get in the future. And then those cards allow you to move up the tracks. Um, It's so good. There's a lot of stuff to juggle in this, but I think that's why I love it. And it all starts with kind of that auction of, okay, how high am I willing to go with this die to get this card that I want? Are you going to take it at two players? There's like this dummy player bid. And so you're like, crap, I got to outbid that thing. Cause it's going to take the card that I want. Um, but I don't want to pay that much. Do I have that much? Um, it's for me has this, that great auction tension in the card, um, auction, like bidding part. So my choice is Coimbra. Yeah, not a conventional auction game, but that die is used the way that, you know, kind of like you're doing in Revolution where you're bidding on something and then whatever happens, happens. Yeah. yeah. If people want to at me in the comments, fine. It's fine. I mean, it, it's it's bidding. It, it works. <laughs> so the last, the last one I'm going to talk about is a game that probably no one talks about. It doesn't get any love, but I've played it a few times and I really like it. And probably half of this game is auctioning. So this game is called Primetime. This is a game about running a TV network, putting shows on the air, um, filling them with um, different people who are going to be writers and producers and all that, and trying to get certain demographics of people to watch your show. The reason that this is on the list is because it's a worker placement game, but you're using workers to bid on the talent and to get additional TV shows. So um, I may put a worker out, and I'll put it on the... $12 $12 spot. You could then come behind me with your worker. There's only like three or four workers. So if you're going to do this, it's going to cost you something. You might come behind me and go to 14 and you outbid me. So you're going to win that space, but then I get to go and buy any other character that's left after the auction space. So it's not strictly an auction game, but it's like worker placement used as a bidding mechanism. And that's half the game. And then you're going to be putting shows in your lineup and getting drafting some, um, demographic cubes that's the rest of the game but it has a cool auction mechanism i like it i think it's interesting the way that if you get outbid you have an option to go bid some go buy something else for as cheap as you can get it which is pretty cool so my last pick prime time yeah i would talk about how good this game is except you won't let me play it so it's on the board of eligibility yeah you you probably do need to play this one if you like the networks you might like this one they play completely different but it's a similar kind of theme and i i think you could dig this one i like that theme and i watched rado's playthrough and amongst his rambling it did like a fun game (laughs) 
<laughs> you have to get through the ramblings, but yes. Uh, it's not as great at two, and I've only ever played it at two, so it might be nice to kind of play it at higher than that. Hmm. I'll have to find some friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, my last game is like a, I don't want to say brand spanking new, but it's a. Pr- I think it's a pretty new game. Did it come out yeah, this pretty year? New. I, I think it came out this year, yeah. Uh, and that game is Nidavellir. Uh, this game is so fun. Like, I have been recommending this game to everyone. So in Nidavellir, you are recruiting dwarves um, of different types to you. I don't, to your party. I don't know. It came out in 2020. Okay, last Just year. BGG actually pulled up, so that's All right. good. So anyway, you're recruiting these dwar- dwarves from different dwarven factions. Um, you're doing that by bidding on um, these different, I, don't, I feel like this sounds terrible, like lots of dwarves. I don't know. Like, that sounds yeah, kinda. awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, oh, they, but they hang out. They're, you're you're going to recruit them. So they're hanging out these taverns. So it's much better. You're, hi- you're, you're hiring them, effectively. Yes. So they're hanging out these taverns, and you bid to be the first person to go in there and choose the dwarf you want to come be a part of your team. I don't, we'll say team, group. I don't boring band of berserkers i don't know whatever it is yeah whatever (laughs) and (laughs) there's no theme on this really i'm making one so you use these coins that you have um with different values on them and you also can upgrade the coins to higher values in order to be able to win uh the bidding the auction to go first to that tavern and choose the dwarf that you want um and then it's got this like really cool scoring mechanisms and then if you get one of all the different factions of dwarves, you get like a dwarven hero and there are lots of different routes to go with those. Like, oh, this speaks to like all the things that I really love. Um, multiple paths to victory for sure. You can do your own thing and um, like it works. It's just, it's so good. I also like the art on it too, but um, essential to that is bidding to get turn order in order to choose your dwarf and draft him. So my last choice is Nid of Lear. Yeah, this is a great game. Um, the bidding works so well in this. It, it seems like bidding goes well with set collection a lot. Like you're bidding to collect things to then turn them in to do other things. It just seems like those two mechanisms work well. And I think a lot of the games on our list are actually kind of like that. So, yeah. Which may mean that's the kind of games that we will tolerate or but, I will tolerate yeah. auction and bidding in. <laughs> right. The ones we like. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, there were some other ones that I have played but I didn't like them that much. Like Power Grid. That, yes, that is about auction for sure. Getting those different power plants. Oh, I don't like Power Grid because it's an economic game and woof. <laughs> like my my accountant's sister, I'm sure, would be so behind it. But uh, And I know a lot of people like Power Grid. It's just not my favorite game, but is definitely a good game um, as far as auction and bidding goes. A game I do, yeah. I do like... I- that's, I did like power. I did like. Power I Grid. know you would like Power Grid, but sorry, I don't want us to own it because I would never play it. That's fine. We'll just have Chris bring it over. Yeah, you can play his copy, and then I'll go do something else. <laughs> oh, even it's ugly too. Like it's just got so many turnoffs for me. Uh, um, a game I do like that's it's short and quick and kind of fun and silly is for sale. So your auction, you're doing that. There's auction, all the properties off. You're bidding, take them. You're trying to take them. At a, a low price, so you can sell them later. Um, that's like a really fun kind of auctioning game that I like as well. Yeah, I mean that's the obvious one. We didn't put it on our list because it's super obvious, but yeah, that's a great one. All right, so the next one is a new game that's actually just 
off of Kickstarter, I think. Uh, yeah, if not just off, it's on as we're speaking. And it's called Buru. So this is effectively like a, you're using workers that have different values and you're going to put them face down at the location and then you're going to reveal when everybody's placed their workers and whoever's put the most value of workers on the location gets to go first. So it's kind of like an area control thing, but it's functioning like bidding because I've outbid you because I put three workers there with a value of eight. Really fun game and it has gorgeous art, cool bits. Not super complex, but it takes up a huge, huge area on the table. It's enjoyable. Yeah, what saved that one for me is the parts and the like the components and the art because it has that where bidding and area to control kind of overlap which i don't love yeah uh, it, it did and we, we talked about this a little bit or i talked about it in my video it felt like it was missing something but it does have some cool auction like the auction was fun uh and the last one that we wanted to talk about it was actually on my list but then i felt like the auction wasn't enough to be on my list so i took it off and it's called abyss so this is the game that's black and got the scary like sea monster on the cover uh looks like it's going to be some different kind of game than what it is but effectively what it is it's a uh, you're trying to draft these cards of certain different colors like uh so you can buy these different cards but the way the auction comes in is if you pass over a card you can then auction it off to everybody else who's playing for pearls and they'll give you the pearls, I believe. We haven't played this for a while either. But they'll give you the pearls for then you to be able to use the pearls later on their turn so you can then buy cards from them. So it's it's not the main part of the game is not auction, but it does contain some auction elements. And it is kind of a big chunk of the game, but it's not the main core. So that's kind of why I pulled it off the list. But those are two honorable mentions for me. And since we admittedly said that we don't like this mechanic that much and we don't own a lot of this mechanic or have played it, I'm sure we're missing some. So please let us know what is your favorite auction or bidding game? Um, Hollywood Blockbuster. No, I didn't want to mention that. I can't believe you stuck. You better edit that out because that game sucks. It is the worst. (laughs) It is the worst. I would play Power Grid 50 times before I touch that game. I would play Power Grid over that game too. Hands down. (laughs) I would set that game on fire in the street. And have a better time when the police showed up to ask me about it than playing that game. Awful. It's not awful. It's auction and set collection. It's awful. Terrible. All right, sorry. Why did you why did you bring it up? You just want to raise my blood pressure. Okay. Okay. Yep. That's a that's effectively it. Well, as I was saying, please tell us why Jason is wrong and why he should be nicer <laughs> to his wife. On our Facebook page, on our Instagram, on our Twitter. Even on our YouTube. But seriously, tell us about your favorite auction bidding games because that's something that we don't play a lot of. And maybe, you know what? I'm open to be missing out because the ones on this list I do really enjoy. Um, So maybe it's just a certain type and I just need to learn about more. So tell us, find our posts from the episode on our Facebook page or join our Facebook group, hashtag The Riveted. Um, We just had two new members this week, which is awesome. One is like, someone in our gaming group and <laughs> i'm like why were you not a part of this before but is it yeah oh i guess i missed that one yeah because i just approved it while you were talking earlier and i was ignoring you oh i got you that that sounds that that tracks <laughs> that makes sense um we talk about games in there we are straight up just focusing on the good encouraging each other to play new things to answer questions to just focus on board games or instagram 
Uh, we love to see pictures of what you're playing, what those games look like. That intrigues me a lot because remember, I forget all the publishers, all the names. But if I see the game, I'm like, oh, yeah, I recognize those bits or ooh, look at all those little fun meeples. Yes, I want to play that. So, yeah, send us your pictures on Instagram. Um, retweet us or hashtag us all over the place on Twitter. I don't understand that platform, but you young people, you just you just go with it. Um, or even YouTube. Uh, we have our podcast up on YouTube, so you can listen that way if it's easier. Um, we like comments there, even if the comments are that I'm annoying, because it's true. Yeah. Um, Twitter's not for young people anymore. That's TikTok. They've moved on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand. I'm like the worst elder millennial. I like do not understand technology at all. Um, Our kids, Rory's going to be so mad at me in like 30 years when I like can't understand how to use like the comm system to talk to her and our grandkids. And she's like, mom, mom, it's it's easy. Just press. (laughs) Like, I don't understand. Yeah, that that sounds right. That probably is what will happen. I don't have that button on mine. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um just a reminder no podcast next week if you're listening to this the day it drops so i'll I'll make sure that we spread that across the the social media so everybody knows and go check out our friends at the board game rundown they have a an okay show that they do where they talk about games and news and all that type of thing so if you want more content and you're not tired of hearing us blather on and (laughs) you need more go check them out yeah I mean, you get a week reprieve, so, hey. I mean, we got to go on vacation sometime. That's true. That's true. It's rare. We don't really go away that much. <laughs> we don't. It's rare. You can just ask our kids, why don't we ever go anywhere? Why don't, you, why don't we go on vacation? Why don't you take us to the beach? We take them to Speedway at least once a week, okay? I know, right? What more they, could they want? I would have loved to gone to Speedway once a week when I was eight years old. S- save that. Save that for our kids. She needs that lecture. <laughs> Not me. I've heard it a thousand times. Believe me. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's definitely all we have tonight. Um, So I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming.